evening, everybody. Welcome to the Kickin' Show, the official podcast of Kickin' the Church. We have a special guest joining us tonight that's not here every week. Summer, Ed Good, our managing editor, decided to grace us with her presence. Zach came off of the movie trail for Easter break. Matt Corson, fresh off of the Nashville Tire Test a week, a week or so ago. And we got Justin out in California. So, and I'm Jerry. So, <laughs> welcome to the show. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Lots of stuff happening this week. Summer, you're going to kick it off and tell us kind of a, a feel-good story that, that happened uh, earlier this week in the world of NASCAR. Yeah, so something to make us all smile and feel good. Oh, isn't that Aww. sweet? Okay, so there was there's the boy, a uh, seventh grade boy that uh, had a, a surprise come his way from a NASCAR driver this week. Um, so, I'm sorry, eighth grader, not seventh grader. His teacher gave him an assignment asking him to write a letter to somebody that he considers a role model. Um, I think everyone in the class did this, but this individual, his name's Will Armstrong, decided to write a letter about Corey LaJoy, Spire Motorsports Corey Corey LaJoy. Um, And they had him go up on stage and read his letter. Will read his letter about Corey. Um, I think all of the students had to read their letter in front of everyone or something like that but um he starts to read a letter about what he thinks of Corey, why he likes him why he should come to the school and do an appearance and answer questions and little did he know that Corey was actually backstage and so while will was reading his letter and as he got towards the end Corey kind of slowly walked out and came up behind him and Will was kind of taken by surprise and it was just really sweet. They hugged and Corey, um, you know, kind of talked about the letter and, um, you know, what that meant to him. Apparently he stayed so long on the stage with Will that the other, that his classmates actually missed the next period because he was so busy answering questions and they were so fascinated to have him there and they were so excited. So if you haven't seen the video, um, I recommend going and and looking it up. Uh, There's a video from Brett Baldick um, at Brett Fox 46. There's a video there. And then at, uh, I think it's brproud.com. There's also a video of it and I I would go watch it. It's just something real sweet and something that'll put a smile on your face. I love hearing about drivers doing stuff like this and surprising their fans, especially when it's children. Um, and it was really kind of fun to watch kids just, you know, have, be so curious about NASCAR and, and be uh, and wanting to know what he does and what it's like and and all that. So, um, Zach, I was wondering if you'd had a chance to see it and what you thought of it. Actually, I'm hot off reading. Uh, because Coy posted what Will wrote him, that whole letter. Mm-hmm. It was such a sweet letter. I, mm-hmm. I was just reading it now. Um, first off, he's a pretty damn good writer. Maybe he can be on Kicking the Tires one day. Hey. Uh, but Boom. writing that, he was, uh, I really like how, like, why he liked Coy. Like, I was trying to remember when I was, like, around that age, why I liked the drivers that I liked. And I felt like his reasons were just really profound i mean 
we, we know Coy treats his fans tremendously well. He treats his people really well. He's just one of those really kind-hearted guys, I feel. He's a hell of an interview, a hell of a guy away from the camera. But uh, even, you know, at that age, uh, for Will, he said that how Coy treats his fans, that makes the fan base feel like a family. And he feels like he's a part of that family. And uh, he mentioned Coy's charity with Samaritan's Feet and what he's done with them for the past couple of years. Uh, his faith and how how hard Coy has worked to get to where he is in the Cup Series. It was just really, it wasn't like surface area reasons, you know. Like we hear Kyle Busch fans like as kids, oh, I like the M&M's car. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can love a driver no matter what. But uh, just to get really into deep into Coy's personality and what he does on and off the track and just the type of person that he is, I, I felt like that not only made the letter nice, but when Coy came out, I mean, that had to be such a great moment uh, for Will. And it was a hell of a, a hell of a video and um, not surprised that Coy would do something like that. Um, I think if, if this kid wasn't a fan for life, he will be for now. And uh, he would definitely be a Coy Joy fan forever, that's for sure. Well, one thing I, I noticed when I saw it all uh, happening yesterday, I tweeted it out. Uh, I went and read some of the comments and some of the things that, that Corey had said. First off, Corey's a class act. I mean, you know, yeah, he's a NASCAR driver, superstar celebrity, you know, you know, does pretty well for himself. But to go do that is a classy act. And, and kudos to him. We need more NASCAR drivers to do some stuff and, and, and reach out in that grassroots uh, type of, you know, I mean, what did it cost him? A couple hours? That was awesome. But Corey teared up. He, he you know, he, he didn't break down. But from what I was reading, he was, you know, it was like, it was tough when he, when, when uh, you know, the letter was being read on stage and he was back there. And it's, yeah, I mean, I can just imagine, you know, what that, what that would be like. And, uh, well, I, except for the part about being a famous race car driver. But, but I mean. Well, Corey, Corey actually didn't even read the letter until, like, right before Will started reading it on stage. So, it was yeah, it really it was, was yeah it was it wasn't like he'd read it ahead of time and and thought oh i'm gonna go meet this kid because i liked the letter like no he he didn't actually see it until he got there um and i thought that was really cool and then um i heard will say afterwards that he wants to be a race car driver himself so you know i guess if that doesn't work out we can we can get him on board here but maybe um, <laughs> I'm always looking for good talent. <laughs> the pay is amazing. Yeah. Jerry, <laughs> uh, you retweeted that, and that's kind of what set it off. What's going on with you? Because, like, you wrote a pretty wholesome story last week with the one oh, kid man. that got Blaney's flag, and now you got this wholesome story that you retweeted on Twitter. Jerry's going soft on us. <laughs> Don't ruin my image, man. Don't ruin my image. Come on. But that, but that, that, you're right about the, uh, the the story with the, the, the young man who got the flag at uh, – at Atlanta, that story we talked about that on the show last week uh, at Bristol. That that story went crazy. I was completely shocked by that. And uh, but yeah, another feel good story that you know we we're trying to put trying to change the vibe of kicking the tires, and, or at least you know soften me up. I guess is what you guys keep saying. <laughs> well, and another thing about Corey, um, it's not exactly like he was coming off of a good weekend. I, he he was in a crash in the race um, the day before. Um, finished in the low 30s. So, you know, the fact that he wasn't just like, oh, screw this. Um, I just don't feel like it. I just want to be angry about the race. I thought that was also really nice, too. And he talked about that, how, you know, this actually sort of brightens his week. And um, 
how he's glad that he did it, even though maybe he wouldn't have initially felt like it given a tough, a tough weekend. So I, uh, I agree. I, I, I love when we see drivers do stuff like this and I'd love to see more. And I think it's great that he, he decided to, to meet this guy and yeah, definitely a fan for life now. It's probably good advice for other drivers to do. If you have a bad week, go and make a kid's life or make, yeah. a, make your right. week a little bit better. Yeah. Good idea. Matt, what, uh, you were at the, uh, Nashville tire, uh, test and then we had a Martinsville tire, uh, rain tire test earlier this week. Um, what is going on with NASCAR and some of the craziness I'm hearing with tires and running in the rain and things like that? So they tested at Nashville last week. Of course, Nashville is one of the new tracks that they're adding to the schedule this year for the Cup Series. Um, last week, they were just wanting to really find out how the cars ran. Um, I asked Steve Latart, what are the drivers here to accomplish, right? And he said, you're not here to make the fastest lap time, go the fastest speed. You're here to find the bumps in the racetrack, what kind of shocks and stuff like that these teams are going to bring to the track in Nashville, Father's Day weekend. So um, that was cool. And then yesterday, or today rather, Martinsville had Kyle Larson and Chris Buescher out there. And I never thought I would see NASCAR deliberately putting water on a racetrack so they could have cars go around. But um, they took the short drive up from Bristol to Martinsville with the water truck and uh, put some water down. And um, from the comments that Kyle Larson, I saw came out today and some quotes from John, John, uh, what Probst. Was that? The Probst. John Probst. Okay. Uh, some comments that John Probst came out with today um, seemed like really positive information. Um, he said, you know, today could have been a complete disaster and we could have stopped all this today, but we got some really good data from the test today and we'll be able to uh, move forward. So um, I think we can all say that we've been to some races that have probably been impacted by rain in some way or another. So hopefully um, moving forward when NASCAR goes to these short tracks, they can uh, lessen, shorten the drying time and maybe get some races in at these racetracks that don't even have lights like New Hampshire. So, you know, for people may think that this is not real um, because we are <laughs> doing this on April Fool's Day, uh, being April 1st for doing the show. But this is a legit, a legit deal. This is a legit tire test that NASCAR did. Um, however, the tweet that was supposedly done by Bob Pockers this morning that they were going to fill Daytona with dirt was an April Fool's joke that Bob Pockers had nothing to do with. And shortly after it happened, um, Bob, who has, you know, um, I don't know, he's got a little, he's got a dry sense of humor. Um, first off, the tweet disappeared. Uh, second off, he disavowed any knowledge of it and said it was ridiculous. So, so just in case you're wondering, Bob Pockers did not tweet <laughs> that they are going to fill Daytona with dirt and run dirt races there next year. Um, but apparently we are gonna be trying to figure out how to run rain tire races at short tracks. Well, and I think something important to add to this discussion is that they're not necessarily testing tires to race in the rain. Like if there's a downpour or if it's raining steadily, they're not actually planning on racing while it's raining. But not this, like Charlotte's this, Xfinity last year when we did that. Damn, that right. was so much fun. <laughs> right. 
Um, this is more so for damp racing conditions so that they can get back to racing once the rain stops um, and maybe not have to spend as much time drying the racetrack. Um, I believe it's also only for short tracks. So even if this pans out, uh, it's probably only going to be used at tracks like you mentioned, like New Hampshire, like Martinsville. But those tracks, like many others, but those tracks do often seem to be impacted by weather, regardless of what time of year we go there. So um, I think that's a good thing because any time that they can take to shave off a rain delay and get the race in on a certain day, I think we can all agree is a positive. Mm -hmm. um, I did, I, I am kind of looking forward and thinking, okay, so let's say NASCAR says this is going to work we're going to do this we're going to move forward with the rain tires um and we're going to put cars on the track even when the, the surface is it's damp i am wondering I, I i just can't help but wonder if the fans are going to sort of take that a mile too far and say oh wow that was a great race they should just wet the track on purpose yes. from now on yes they will they because, will absolutely do that yes i'm going to tell you right now uh, i will first off if we're going to do that and we're going to have uh, rain tires for damp tracks, then Goodyear just needs to go ahead and build a warehouse across the street from Bristol um, and leave the tires there. Because <laughs> A, it always rains there, and B, it's kind of centrally located. But I want to talk about real quick before we go into the, the next deal, how disappointed I am with the NASCAR fan base right now. And that is, you guys wanted NASCAR to do something different, to shake up the schedule, to try new things. You wanted to go racing on dirt. NASCAR gave you everything you want and you complained out your behinds this past weekend. Okay? And we can't go to Eldora to race because there's not enough stands. It would have been great, and I know Tony Stewart would have loved it. We probably could have done something to expand it, but there's also not, there, there's no infrastructure for around there for hotels and things of the like okay but other racetracks are even less prepared for a dirt race than what Eldora would have been if we would have been able to go there with the cup cars go to, go to Eldora with the trucks that's fine we should we should be at Eldora with the trucks but what we're what we did at, El, at, at Bristol this past weekend was amazing the race was really cool I thought um, it's something different, and NASCAR deserves kudos. I'm not one to give them credit for a lot of stuff sometimes, but they deserve kudos for trying something different, and the fans just need to kind of, you know, sit back and, and watch on this one and, and kind of sit on, and, and not, not be so damn negative about everything that happens in the sport. Because I tell you what, if you were better at running racetracks and running NASCAR than NASCAR people are, you wouldn't be on Twitter complaining about it. You'd be in Daytona or Charlotte doing it. So or, obviously they know something. Or you'd be stuck with a schedule that has 20 of its 36 races being at mile and a half tracks where, you know, that was a lot of fun, right? Look, we're, we're trying to do, NASCAR's trying to do something different. The fans asked for mile and a half races. Okay, they asked for all those tracks. NASCAR built all those tracks. Or SMI built all those tracks, you know, and we went and raced them. Now times have changed. Now we're doing road courses and this new dirt racing. There has to be a happy medium. Give it a freaking chance. That's all I'm asking. You guys can all weigh in on that. You can tell me I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I, this is one time where I'm actually going to defend NASCAR. 
No, you're right. And I think, you know, like you said, I think the biggest thing is time, right? So, you know, that's going to be the biggest test is time where, you know, like you said, the big craze 10, 15 years ago was all the mile and a half tracks, but they didn't really withstand the test of time as the cars evolved and uh, more safer barriers were put out and all that stuff, right? So, you know, now that we've done this dirt track, we're going to six, seven, eight different road courses between all the three series and all this stuff. Um, now we're starting to see heck even one of our big two mile tracks out here in California going to go down to a, a mile and a half. That's a almost a pure combination of Bristol, Richmond and Martinsville on one. Right. So it's it's all stuff that's going to stand the test of time. But the tracks that have stuck around for that long are the ones that have already uh, withstood that test of time. Look at Daytona, Indianapolis. You've got, um, you know, Bristol and Martinsville. So there's there's definitely still good tracks out there. And I think NASCAR is making good moves here to see what next is going to be coming up that will stand the next series of time so we already know that 2022 and beyond is the deal for the bristol dirt race so um this isn't the end of the dirt it'll be here for a while in the spring bristol race well and i think that's something else important to keep in mind whatever struggles nascar endured and bristol endured over this past weekend can be rectified in the future um, this was the first time they'd done anything like this in decades, the first time this, you know, group of leadership and drivers had done anything like this, and I actually think it went off very well, considering that, considering that it was the first time they'd been on dirt in, in quite a while, um, and that this was kind of a unique, unique thing. I'm not saying they didn't have problems, obviously they did, but a lot of it was attributed to weather. So if you're going to criticize NASCAR for, you know, any anything that went wrong over the weekend, I, I don't necessarily think that's fair because it was the first time they did it. You can't plan for everything. You can't, you can't, it's not going to be a perfect weekend the first time around. So I think actually what we should want is for them to do it again. And mm -hmm. like they're going to, they're going to come back next year. And I think that we, any struggles that we had this time around will probably be fixed or at least a lot better next time. And then, you know, if we go again in the, for a third year in a row, any issues that we have will continue to improve. So to act like this was a disaster, which I don't think it was anything close to a disaster, it could have been better, but it could could have been a lot worse too. Um, I, I think if you're gonna be critical, I think you need to keep in mind that this was the first time um, they know what they need to improve on and what they need to look out for next time. They know where the problem areas are. They'll probably continue to, to speak to experts um, that run dirt tracks around the country and drivers and, and uh, industry experts who are able to help with that sort of thing. So I don't know that the criticism is necessarily fair. I think that um, these these problems will be fixed in the next time around and as time goes on and as, as this continues to be a, a regular occurrence, whether it's once a year or however often NASCAR decides to do something like this, um, I think expecting it to be perfect the first time around uh, is unrealistic and we need to give them a chance to fix it and give it a few times before we say if it's actually a failure and if it if it should go away. So yeah, I totally agree that the negativity is unwarranted. Um, again, I think they did a great job with what they had to work with. Hopefully next time the weather's not as bad. Um, and I, I really look forward to seeing what NASCAR and Bristol can do next year and what the drivers will do with it. And, and hopefully NASCAR fans will give them a chance to, to fix things that didn't work this time. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, I'm not a social media guy, so I really didn't even know that the negativity was out there. I just got finished watching the race just now. Uh, it's been a busy week, and I, 
I really enjoyed it. Um, as someone said, it wasn't even the easiest week weekend for them. I mean, they, they had the late model stuff the last couple of weeks, but when it comes to this weekend with these cars and these drivers and these conditions, it was changing every day, almost every hour. And for them to get those, uh, those, uh, those heat races rained out on Saturday, I mean, that was a huge curveball. I mean, that set them up for a completely uh, dry, or I guess wet, that turned into dry Sunday, uh, which got rained out again. Now we got two races on the same day. Trucks, are, they were going to be after the cup race. Now they're before for Monday. And, I mean, they had a lot thrown at them. Uh, tire wear, which was, which was a ball they had to put. Um, uh, 50 lock runs pretty much for the for the cup race and so they had that and uh, then all the driver feedback and just everyone with the track and oh my gosh I mean it was just so much and I mean that's just yeah you're gonna get that from fans of course I, I really stopped listening uh, because usually they're most miserable when you give them what they want you know you give them an inch and then they want to take a yard then they want to take a mile you know because oh they're listening to us now let's do this do this and for the first time out, I thought the, the weekend went really well and mm-hmm. there's definitely ways to improve. A lot of ways I don't know what they're going to do, like the vision. You know, they did the single file restarts, which I'm sure helped, but I mean, there were guys who were, I mean, we saw like those old school Bristol wrecks where guys were spinning and then just guys piling in. I mean, Eric Amola got hit by half the field in that one wreck just because no one can see. And uh, it's, so there's certain things that's going to be difficult, but when it comes to when it comes to opinions, I think you have to listen to guys like the the teams and maybe even the spotters when it comes to the vision and track workers and then um, obviously the drivers uh, because those are the opinions that that matter when it comes to uh, making a weekend like this better because it's not really just about uh, well zero out of ten. I mean, what's this first race? What's this first weekend like? It's about looking into the future and as you said, they're already doing twenty twenty two. How can we make that better? So we'll see what they can do. Well, I'll tell you this. The only tragedy was that I didn't get to stay because I had to be back for a marketing meeting and, and to close with a, a client on, on Tuesday. So, But I spent four days in Bristol in the rain, and it was torrential rain. It was flooding. Nashville flooded down, down the road. You know, it was bad. Matt, you lived there. Uh, what they did to the track between Sunday and Monday was amazing because I honestly thought we might be racing Tuesday because they weren't going to be able to get the track ready. It was so bad. And someone who works in in the dirt world called me and said, they're going to have to scrape down to where they can get, because it's red clay. So it's not wet all the way down to the, at least to the base, but they were going to have to scrape down and start turning that dirt and working that dirt to get it to dry out so that they could have a race. And that's exactly what they did. They worked all through the night. Steve Swift and his crew busted their butts so the fans could have a hell of a race on Monday. And then last time I checked, NASCAR was not God. They cannot control the weather. Okay? And uh, if they could, uh, every 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 race would have 72-degree you know, temperatures, you know, clear skies and sun. So, uh, but that's not the way the real world works. So, Matt, real quick, you were you were in uh, the area you lived there. How bad was the rain? Uh, I think they said, I think it was like 13 inches of rain over about a two day span. Oh, so um, a lot of people around here, of course, in the Nashville area, they have some 
not so long ago, 2010, um, the city got like 18 inches of rain in two days. So um, while this wasn't as significant, um, there's still lots of places here underwater. So um, I think the entire Bristol area, Tennessee in general, just lots of rain over the weekend. And to all the fans that are saying, oh, we should run the race in April. Well, today's April 1st, and this isn't a joke, but it was actually snowing in Bristol today. So, um, oh, so you can't you can't have it the way you want it so like you said nascar can't control the weather so um you just gotta gotta roll with it and do what you can well and speaking of bristol and dirt we kind of need to recap the race and see what happened i mean i know joey logano won um but i was in the air about thirty six thousand feet flying from charlotte back to texas so you guys take it away because i have i have very little other than listening to it through on um, MRN through the uh, through the Wi-Fi on the plane, which really sucked. Thanks a lot, United. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. Burning those bridges. Um, <laughs> well, I think we have to maybe start out by giving a shout out to Daniel Suarez getting Trackhouse yes. Racing their first top five, leading fifty-eight laps. Um, show of hands, who saw that coming? Who had Daniel Suarez in the top five at the Bristol Dirt Track? I'm sure Jerry they, did because he always bets on the underdog oh, at Vegas. Actually, actually, um, by the way, it's go-go in-flight, not United. I need to clear that up. But <laughs> Jerry did bet on Joey Logano to win. He was a 33-to-1 long shot. And, uh, and Daniel Suarez was a 100-to-1 long shot, and I had money on him too. I was really, 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 really pulling for Daniel Suarez. Just saying. Yeah, I bet. Okay, well, okay, so one of us actually did kind of bet on Daniel Suarez, but I still think even though you did, you probably still didn't expect the kind of performance we saw from him. Uh, he led 58 laps, yeah. finished fourth. Um, definitely, he does not have a dirt background, correct? Racing in, in Mexico. Yeah, so I, I was very impressed by that. In fact, no, pretty much none of the guys, except for a couple who finished in the top uh, 10 really have much of a dirt background so that was kind of surprising I think that we expected maybe and I know they racked but Larson and Bell to, to have a little bit more of a role probably would have but um, so I found that surprising I also think that we need to give um, some mention to Martin Truex Jr. for almost sweeping both races in the same day I mm -hmm. believe he led more laps than anybody else in the cup race um, finished 20th-ish something like that um, yep but that was just, I, if I remember correctly, it was, there was a late race restart where he, I think, had a flat tire or something like yeah. that and just kind yeah. of dropped back through the field. Okay. Um, but came very, very close to, to sweeping both the truck series race and the um, cup series race in the same day, which would have been really, really cool considering that he hadn't even been in a truck series race in forever. Um, and then somebody else that I want to give a shout out to is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for finishing second. I think that we, as the race went on, I think we expected Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano to be battling to the very ends and maybe for that to not go well. But anyway, um, and instead Stenhouse was able to get by for second. I believe that was his first top five finish of the season. Um, so I, a little less surprising. I know Ricky Stenhouse does have some experience on dirt. Um, mm -hmm. Well, not just some. It's pretty good on dirt, um, but I still, you know, I think you still got to give kudos for that finish because, um, again, I don't think that I would have placed in that far up. So, yeah, lots of surprising um, outcomes in that race. I 
as good as Joey Logano is, I definitely didn't have him winning either. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of performances among several drivers. Sorry, guys. I think I just stole like every storyline. So please uh, <laughs> feel free to just kick me off next no. time well, I do that. Well, Zach just actually watched the race. So he recapped it. So what, what were your thoughts? Because um, I know that you were busy doing other stuff, you know, in your professional acting career when the race was actually happening. So fill us in on what you think of now that you've watched the race. I've been dying to watch it for all this time. I knew the results, you know, back on, on Monday, but I really wanted to, because, I mean, you can watch the extended highlight videos, but it's not until you watch the entire two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour race and to really get a feel of how the race went. I, I thought it was a really fun time. I mean, I really liked how the track changed. I liked how the drivers had to adapt to the changing conditions in a way that they haven't had to do that before. Um, the entire set of challenges that they had to go through, I mean, I just really like seeing the variation of, of not only um, just the different driving styles, but as someone said, the names up front. I mean, I expected a lot of the dirt guys to be up front, and they, they were running well there for a little bit. Bell and Lawson for sure, and Reddick got a top 10, and, um, you know, Briscoe was in a wreck. Most of those guys wrecked, really. Um, and then at the end, it was a lot of guys who I really didn't, you know, foresee doing too well, and Suarez was one of them for sure. I mean, he was up there leading, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I mean, at first, I I, um, I was watching a highlight video on YouTube on Monday night and said, uh, crazy dirt racing and a new winner. And when I was watching uh, Suarez leading, because I didn't know who won the race yet, I'm like, oh, crap, is Suarez going to win this thing? Uh, <laughs> but he ended up losing a lead. And, um, I'm glad he got the result that he deserves. I mean, he pretty much had a top five run um, at Atlanta last week, and he ended up having a bad pit stop. Mm -hmm. um, had to do a drive-through and, and left that one away. I mean, overall, Trackhouse has done really well this year. And um, and Stenhouse, I mean, he finishes second almost every year here in Bristol, even if it's on the high banks, on the, the asphalt, or if it's on the uh, on the dirt here. And uh, Ryan Newman, top five, that was crazy. I mean, he was running really well early. Uh, then he had that wild spin. Uh, Byron tagged him coming off a two, and he did a, a 360 and nearly got tagged by, like, 12 guys i mean it was, it was so close and uh, he thankfully came out with no damage and uh had a great last restart and first top five and i think a year and a half uh since 2019 um uh byron got sixth i mean he won the i race uh so i was like all right we'll see how that goes but he gets his straight top uh top 10 on the year uh so he's really he's been quiet this year but i mean that's the type of consistency i've been wanting to see from him um, on a wide variety of different tracks. And uh, also, uh, Eric Jones, you know, he cl he cl um, closed out the top 10, his second now with, with Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, not quite a top 10 team. They've kind of been stuck in that 15th to 20th place range, even with Bubba Wallace and before that, Eric Amarola. So, I mean, if he can elevate that team to that, to that next level, top 10, that would be a huge win for them. Um, but, yeah, right now, I mean, I think uh, he's doing really well. So... Overall, a lot of uh, fun names up there. We could have gotten some more. Some guys got shuffled back, but I think it was a, a, a wide range of faces and a lot of cool stories coming out. Well, I, I promise Still. you, if I, ever hit a, if I ever hit 100 to 1, it's bonuses for everybody. So uh, <laughs> so uh, you guys need to pull for the long shot. Matt, what was uh, what did you think of the uh, of, of the action? Yeah, I'm kind of like Zach. I think just... Just something different, you know, um, watching how the drivers were able to adapt to the different track and 
honestly, I think one of the funnest things all week was all of the unknowns that was nobody knew what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. um, they made it through on lap one. Uh, Jerry, you were there for the Friday practices. So um, I think the weekend was a lot smoother aside from the rain. The weekend was a lot smoother than a lot of people anticipated. Um, so like Summer said, we'll see how um, Bristol and the drivers adapt moving forward. Uh, fixing some of the challenges that they had this weekend and see how it goes in the future. Hey, Summer, you were going to say something before I go up to uh, to Justin. What were you, you were say, what were you, uh, your final thoughts there? Well, just pointing out, we're still continuing this trend of a different winner each week, seven different winners and seven mm-hmm. races. So um, continue to see really good parity in the Cup Series. Um, and I think that's sorely needed at times, um, especially amongst, you know, the core fan base who kind of gets tired of seeing the same guys in victory lane over and over. We've seen underdogs, we've seen familiar faces and, you know, Truex and Logano. I've heard a few people say that this is going to be the year where you get um, 16 total winners for the playoffs. I don't know that I'm going to subscribe to that just yet. It's still a little (laughs) early for me, but it's definitely a strong start. And I just think it's really cool to see this level of parity in the cup series because um, at this point in the season you start to see someone you know pick up and and start to dominate or you know maybe a few more races in and we're just not seeing that right now we're not seeing a, a crystal clear front runner and i think i think that's awesome so i hope that stays that way yeah and we're not just seeing oh go ahead i was gonna say i was just gonna throw it to you justin and you know talking about uh you know the two people that everyone expected to win took each other out. So, uh, you know, I thought that was a, and, and, and Larson was like, come on, Bill. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Gosh. It's like of all people, like of all people to spin out completely on his own, you would have never picked Bell. And it happened right in front of Larson and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Literally didn't show up until the last 15 laps. So you have our, our dirt trio just, bad out of luck i guess i don't know but yeah just to kind of go off of summer you know we have seven different winners but we've had lots of different like big time leaders too i mean look at chris busher a few weekends ago at homestead where he led what like 70 something laps and he just came out of nowhere and just pew bye guys see ya i'll lead the field um okay that's great (laughs) where did you come from and then yeah we had suarez lead for uh what 50 something almost 60 laps at at bristol on dirt when his only experience of dirt racing was bristol right so um (laughs) brand new team uh underdog teams and then just keep going down that list look michael mcdowell winning the daytona 500 finishes 12th on on dirt uh keep going down i know harvick had a blast even though uh he probably was annoyed as heck by all the dirt but keep going down look at stuart friesen in aspire motorsports car finishing 23rd uh quinn hauf with uh starcom finishing 25th you got guys who usually finish below 30th or 35th uh almost cracking a cup 20 finish that's amazing for some of these smaller teams so uh it definitely proved with this cup race that that's where we need to go because uh it definitely puts a little bit of a shuffle into things and and makes the talented drivers really stand out uh same thing with the truck race look at rafael lassard uh no almost no dirt experience boom third place like where did that come from so it was a fun weekend i'm actually wearing um so I have on my old Santa Maria Raceway uh, jacket or 
uh, heavy duty polo, I should say, from when I worked at a dirt track for a year when me and Rachel were engaged and I was up visiting her every weekend in the uh, Central Coast area. So uh, they yeah, found out. Up. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Yeah. So uh, basically, I was up there every weekend, and so they had me as a flagman and all that stuff. So nice, nice little outfit and everything. It's all nice and clean for once because, you know, I had to clean it for the show. But <laughs> No, racing outfits are not supposed to be clean. I, I am firm on this. They're supposed to be dirty. Uh, well, a tide ride would beg to differ because Eric Jones uh, gave me this. So no, just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the thing I didn't like about the Bristol dirt race, it was dirty. Oh, and come on. I know this is going to surprise y'all, but I don't like dirt. I just, like, know. there was dirt. Oh I, I felt like there was dirt in the press box. Mm-hmm. Probably was. <laughs> I swear I wiped my screen like six times, and, you know, I could feel like microparticles of grit falling through the air, so... As soon as it gets uh, in my hands, I'm out of there. I was, I was telling, yeah, Zach, you're you're a clean freak. I I was joking with some of the iRacing folks. I'm like, oh, just wait for people to just drive down right by that interstate, look down to the south, and just be like, oh, there's a giant old dust tornado right here. Oh, they're racing at Bristol on dirt. But yeah, I think it's, it's sorry. Oh no! I was gonna say yeah, it, it it gets dirty very fast. You'll you will literally. I I remember when I was when I was working at Santa Maria, I would have dirt under my fingernails, and it would take me about two or three showers just to finally get all the dirt out from underneath. It's uh it, it's crazy, but it's so much fun. And uh, it, it, for those who are watching, if you've been to like a local track and and stuff like that where it's just asphalt, go to a dirt race. It's such a fun experience, super unique. Everyone's all super filthy, but it, it's so much fun. If you go to a sporting event and you don't leave dirtier than when you showed up, you didn't do it right. Yeah, that's how I see it. Yes. Even if it's like hot dog mustard or something, I just have something to show yes. that you had a sport of Covered in, you know, beer or something. I mean, you if, if you don't come back just filthy, you just, you didn't have a good enough time. There you go. Um, and I honestly love, okay, so the Cup Series grew exponentially back in the 90s and early 2000s and around that time. And so, you know, you look now and all of their race shops are pristine. Their haulers are perfectly polished and shiny. Um, you have all the owners when they're allowed to be there and, and you know, the executives and they're dressed nice and dress shirts. I thought it was awesome that the pristine and polished Cup Series garage was forced to get dirty for once. Um, I loved that. I, I loved that our sport wasn't so, you know, perfect this weekend and that um, it was actually felt like a, 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 a hometown kind of race feel. It wasn't there. So I don't know if that really transferred well over and listening to these guys complain about it. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, you know, I mean, maybe maybe we should have had some more dirt people there to show them how it's done. Um, but yeah, I loved seeing our you know, multi-million dollar race teams just get filthy when they're so, when there's, when they care so much about appearances and spend so much time making sure that everything is perfect. There was, there was none of that this weekend. It was, uh, they, they left, you know, with dirt in places that they didn't even know they had. And I think that's awesome. You really thought about this. 
So. I did. <laughs> I did. I was so. I just sometimes think NASCAR is just the Cup Series is just too big for its britches sometimes and tries to be something it's not. And um, I really kind of wish that we would embrace the sort of. Um, you know, self when it comes to racing, if that makes sense. And so I, was I never super... thought it would come out of sweet summer's mouth. <laughs> oh Lord. Yes. Yes. We need to, we need to be less, less perfect. We, we need to be dirty and we need to be, um, we need to have flaws and we need to have dings and dents and tears and scrapes. And then that, that's how racing should be. So I was, I was in my opinion anyway. So yeah, I loved watching these, um, shiny, perfect fire suits and cars and haulers and, you know, million dollar businessmen and the team owners get just totally dirty and not be able to worry about everything being perfect. Yeah, um, we the, the, uh, the team Penske shop, that place is a, <laughs> You could eat off the bathroom floor. Yeah. 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 We're, about, we're about to lose Matt. I think Matt's computer is about to crash. Lack of, I don't, I don't know why he doesn't plug in, but uh, his computer is about to die up there. But before we go to breaking news that I have, and here, and then, you know, I, I could take some of regaling us with dirt stories for, for hours. But today is April 1st, as we said. Happy birthday, Chris Knight. So, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, if you want, don't want to sing to him, you can, but I don't sing well. So sure you do. You posted all over Twitter that you're getting ready for the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an April Fool's joke. No, it wasn't. Yeah, we're all gonna do it, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna harmonize, and we're gonna sing in parts, and somebody's gonna have a guitar and a trumpet. We're gonna do the full spread. It's gonna be great. Matt, okay. can you sing? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Can you play an instrument? Um, I played uh, percussion in high school, but I haven't touched it since. So there you go. That's all you need. In a little while. I can play the radio. That's that's my talent. <laughs> like cowbell. <laughs> I mean, we can all technically play the keyboard. We're talking about a computer. Yeah, just keyboard, wait for the little light. Keyboard. Just wait yeah. for the keys to light up, and then you push that button. <laughs> that's right. Well, in other news, we uh, NASCAR did make a reinstatement of two drivers this week. Um, Josh Rayom uh, and Mike Wallace were both reinstated after uh, posting insensitive comments or retweeting insensitive comments or insensitive artwork, whatever you want to, you know, eat, whichever one of the of the two you want to uh, to take it from. But they they both completed NASCAR sensitivity training. They are both eligible to race again, um, so they they did their they did their crime and they did the time. So now we let them go forward and uh, and move on, and we'll uh, we'll put that in the rearview mirror. So uh, this weekend is Easter, and you know it's uh, everybody. You guys have a happy Easter. Spend time with your family. Um, I'm actually going out of town for the weekend with uh, with my wife for the first time. She's actually going somewhere for the first time since COVID has really happened uh, for kind of like a mini vacation. So um, we're going to go do that and go to San Antonio and hang out at the Alamo. And uh, I'll have somebody here staying at the house to watch our, our kitties and take care of all the animals. And you guys, it's not here for the show. Matt, I know you brought your cat on earlier. Mine was in here. He doesn't like the, he doesn't like the camera. Summer, we've been blessed to have your, your, your animals on the show. So, uh, 
Maybe we'll do a kick and pets show at some point in the future. She's been wandering around here making noise. I wasn't sure if it was coming across or not, but she, she says hi. <laughs> so there you go. And Justin, how's things out in California? Boring. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's it's good though. Uh, we've got some of our local clubs racing. Uh, we got one race next week and the week after, so um, or this weekend, I should say. So uh, they're at least letting us do uh, some of that. That'll be nice. Uh, Rachel's been uh, she got a new photography job. I think I mentioned that a couple episodes ago. So uh, she's really been enjoying that and hoping that she can get some opportunities to do some stuff over at. Irwindale, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun as well. But yeah, we're just kind of waiting for uh, June uh, since you know Sonoma was canceled last year. It's kind of still up in the air. They haven't really made an official announcement yet, so I'm kind of hopeful, but not holding my breath either. But yeah, hopefully we can be up in Sonoma uh, uh, for the for the road course out here. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, breaking news, um, uh, Ryder Wells Racing has announced that they are replacing Ryder Wells in the driver's seat with Riley Yates, um, young female driver, because Ryder apparently, according to the team owner, is spending too much time on the soccer field and not devoting enough time to practice in the race car. So uh, that just came across the feed here. Um, no, nah, it's April Fool's. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a message writer when you watch the show. <laughs> anyway, you guys take care. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter.